as the kids are leaving, man, they had they had a little huddle up here, and I love I, I love it when they have these little huddles because I get to eavesdrop on there. I wait till they leave so they don't get embarrassed. Go on, kids, you know nothing. So uh, they were having a little huddle up here and talking about who was going to be the tagger and who was going to be it, and I, it was a serious conversation. I love listening to those. I was pretending like I wasn't listening, but I was listening. And they were like, okay, da da da, and they were working all these details out, and they were they were so close to getting there. And then the moms came up and said, how are you guys going to sit down? They were like, oh, man, why can't we just play? And I was like, oh, I feel that. I feel that deep. Anyway, I thought that was funny. They were so close to figuring it out, and, and they were just about to be able to run. So close. Come sit down. Oh, forget this. All right. On that note, we get to play <laughs> as adults. It's pretty cool. One of the things I love about coming to church on Sundays um, and, and worship and, and give thanksgiving and sing and pray. It, it really is like playing. Like, <laughs> this is kind of adults me and Buddy were talking about. Also, playing is like on a Friday night doing nothing and sitting down and watching TV and like eating ice cream for adults. That's a pretty fun play thing too to do. But I think it's pretty cool as Christians, we don't have to relegate our Christian life to just a church building experience. Um, we, as we have, are leading into, and it's going to be a long uh, teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. We talked about last week, and I'll do a brief review, and I'll try to get halfway through what I want to talk about today. Um, but this, this life is full. This life that God gives you, and I hate to use this term because it is very cliche and sounds like something you'd get from like Hobby Lobby on a whitewashed board, <laughs> but life, it says life is not about the destination. It's what? About the journey. Isn't that cute? But it really is, like, legitimately, that's a very good thing to think about with the Christian life. And I know, like I said, that's kind of a broad statement, but I think as we talked, even as we talked about last week, and we're going into this week about this, this well of living water that God gives us in the Holy Spirit, it's not just like an occasional sprinkling. It's not just like dipping your toes in. This is like full submersion, like overflowing, like living, moving water. Um, if you've ever been somewhere where they have like a natural spring, that thing just keeps producing they're usually ice cold, too. I don't know if you've ever been to, like, a natural spring. But they produce water, and the stream is always flowing. And I think, man, I wish we had, like, a river. We need to find a river to baptize in instead of a bucket because that seems very stale in comparison spiritually to this flowing river because, you know, all your, there's all this, this, great, uh, this great picture of, you know, our sins being washed away and this new life and this, with this flowing water. So keep that in mind. We need to find a river. We need to do baptisms in a river or something. We have a river. Yeah, we... Maybe we'll do it on free refills with the Holy Spirit. Well, we're doing the Easter thing at the river. Maybe we could do baptisms on the Easter thing. I don't know. We'll talk about it. That'd be pretty cool. I've got a boat with a V8. I could baptize somebody so fast. You could be so baptized. We'll put you on a surfboard, give you a rope. You're going to be the most baptizedest. God, so many things going through my head right now. All right, focus. Uh, there's this, there's this river, this spring of living water in the believer, right? We talked about last week, and we're going to review quickly. So if you weren't here, go back and listen to it. Um, we kind of established, you don't have to look to your performance to gain gifts. We're not, we're not trying to perform for God so that he can give us gifts. That's not how gifts work, right? We don't give our kids gifts because they perform. We give our kids gifts because we love them. Um, so we, we're in this new covenant. We, kind of, we talked about last week, which we talk about almost every week. 
Um, it's not the old covenant of blessings and cursings. In the new covenant, in Jesus, you receive all blessings, and every spiritual, everything is in Jesus, and you get them all. So um, this new covenant that we have is amazing. I know. It's amazing. Sweet baby noises. Um, it's like <laughs> uh, uh, John uh, 737 says, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within them. You don't have to look far, okay? Something we reiterate over and over again. You're not looking to God far, far away, you know, seated on a cloud somewhere. He came to live with us. He went through a lot of trouble to come live with you. <laughs> he literally says he's going to build his house. He's going to build his mansion where? In our hearts. He's, he's creating this, this deposit of the, of the kingdom in our hearts. He's creating this restored relationship, and he gives us this ministry of uh, reconciliation. And he does this so that we can have this overflowing of life coming out of us. So life is not just about this destination of going to heaven when you die. That was a very common theme when I first started going to church, and it was so confusing to me because I thought, what a waste this life is if all we're thinking about it, all we're thinking about is when we die, we go to heaven. Thankfully, we, we, we were given the Holy Spirit first, and we were given the word to really explain this to us and what this looks like. This, this idea that heaven is just some destination when you die, although you will see it in its fullness then, is not the goal of the Christian life. It's not just so that you get to go to heaven. The goal of the Christian life is a restored relationship with the Father that Jesus made a way for. That's why he gives us this, this, this ministry of reconciliation, because his heart was to know us and for us to know him. From the very beginning in Genesis all the way to Revelation, his heart is for him to be our God and for us to be his people, even Gentiles, all nations he wanted. So um, we got on into uh, some, which sometimes can be touchy subjects, on baptism of the Holy Spirit and being spirit-filled, these terms that we use, kind of Christianese. Um, we kind of broke those down in a way that I think is very clear, um, and I don't know why it's caused so much division, because it goes several different, several different times, these guys, especially in Acts, where we, where we a lot of times will pull this, baptism of the spirit and this filling there were several times they were filled in there and they didn't all the same things didn't happen so what what i believe and what i think we established last week was there's not this little phrase that we coin and turn into our own bullseye that you receive this baptism of the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues i think that you you can speak in tongues and i speak in tongues but most of the time you won't hear me because we'll get into that in a minute um, but there's, there is many more gifts that you get than just speaking in tongues. I don't think that that's, I think it would be unfair to try to limit God to a single gift anyway. Um, it goes on in Acts to say those same people that were filled and spoke in tongues were filled and did what? They spoke the word of God boldly. Later on, they, they were filled and they served one another and they, sometimes they sold what they had and shared and cared for people. There's ongoing filling. This, this, this fits like a perfect puzzle piece with what John was saying about us being a well constantly filling the term filling when we talked about being drunk last week and you know i've heard what it's like to be drunk and <laughs> and so it was a, it was a comparison sum to see that there are there is there is a bit of an empowering when you when you have the holy spirit you feel strong you feel bold um and there is there is an outward expression or manifestation of that that can result in many different things and i think as we as we dove into it we, we saw that it wasn't just a one-time event we saw that, you remember the pickle thing? The, the difference between the two words there? This isn't a one-time thing. This is an ongoing thing. We're, we're dealing with transformation here from the inside out. So the pickle or the, the cucumber actually turns into a new thing. 
right? So we are a new creation in Christ, and now from that place is where we find our source for everything in life. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I'll probably butcher this quote, talks about the sun. It's not that I believe in Christianity because, like I said, I'm going to butcher it. Like I think he thinks it's a good idea. It's because it's like the sun. I believe it because because of it, I see everything else. So it's, it's like Christ's lenses. It's Jesus' lenses that we use to see everything that we see. Um, uh, spiritual baptism is an outward manifestation of an inward transformation, the result, not the cause. Um, this is what we kind of wrapped up with last week. Uh, spirit baptism, though powerful and supernatural, allows love to lead in its practical application. That's what we're going to kind of dive into this week. Um, Acts 2, well, I don't know how far I want to get in this because we don't have enough time. Um, let's see. Him. All right, let's go for it. You don't you don't know how much <laughs> you don't know how much papers I have here. But thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Let's let's just dive right into spiritual gifts because I think we've I feel like we've and we can talk more about um, uh, spirit field and baptism at the end of this if we have time to, to really talk about it, but I really want to get into gifts because it's gonna take a long time to get through that and it's gonna take probably several weeks. Um, first, first Corinthians 14, 12 says, uh, so it is with you since you are eager, uh, for gifts of the spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. Now there's going to be a, a common theme through this and it's, uh, especially in Corinthians. If you don't know much about the Corinthian church, they had lots of spiritual gifts, but they also kind of, kind of got off the deep end with some of their behavior. Right. And I don't want to get into detail about that, but it was some sketchy stuff that was going on. Um, and, and so the, I think he's talking specifically here for kind of what's going on in a church setting too. Verse 13 says, For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So we'll stop there. When what I believe has caused uh, much strife and division in churches, and I haven't been to all of them, but in the ones that I've experienced and a lot of religions, should be the exact opposite. It should, it, the, the, very, the very thing about diversity and gifts in the church should cause, to me, should cause growth, maturity, sustenance, and, and power in a church. But for some reason, the diversity of gifts has caused uh, frustration and division. And, and I think it's, there's a key here that we're missing with the gifts. So he's, at, he's saying here, right here, uh, in verse 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. And he asks a question that we should ask. So what shall I do, right? He says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. So this isn't, these things aren't mutually exclusive. They're not going in different directions. This is both and. We, we should do both of these things. These are both good things. We should uh, be mature enough to try to understand what's going on in the spirit. We should also be mature enough to receive things of the spirit and pray in the Spirit, and sing in the Spirit, and, and have, have the benefits that come along with that, okay? Verse 16 says, Otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else who is now put in the position of an inquirer say amen to your thanksgiving since they do not know what you are saying? You're giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. It's a common theme that he says at the very beginning. Do these things so that you can build up the church. So he's saying, 
We need to find things that edify the church. We'll jump down to 26. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation? Everything must be done so that what the church may be built up. This is a good test. If you're concerned about your gift and how, how you should operate in it, especially in a church setting, really specifically in a church setting here, at, like on a Sunday or something like that, test it against that. Is this edifying the church? Does this edify the body? It's a good way to test what, bless you, what your spiritual gift is when you begin to operate in it. Is this edifying the church? Um, I don't, I believe Paul is giving examples here. I don't think he's given like an exhaustive list. I think he's telling people that are already experiencing these things what's going on and why they're happening. Bless you again. Um, <laughs> but I believe he's talking about the purpose for gifts, and that's what I think we really need to focus on. The gifts are awesome, and we're, like I said, we're going to go in detail about these, and we're going to break some down in, in the coming weeks. But in, unless we know the purpose of the gifts, I think we can really get off, we can get off here, and I think that's what I've, some of what I've experienced in the past where we have focused more on the gifts than the purpose behind the gifts, right? All right, 1 Corinthians 12 says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. Now, the, I, could, I will elaborate on some of this, but there is so much here that just says everything that I want to say. So I'm going to just run through most of it, and hopefully you can hear what's super-duper clear here. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He wants you to know about the gifts of the Spirit. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or another, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking of the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. He's emphasizing the Holy Spirit here. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts. Can y'all repeat this after me? There are different kinds of gifts. That's okay. But the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. This is what we talk about unity, not uniformity. Uniformity creates cults. Tell them uniformity creates cults. <laughs> they won't call back. I'm sorry, what? So <laughs> what he's saying here, we're talking about building up the church. We're talking about different types of gifts, but what? The same spirit. We're talking about different types of service, but what? The same God. It comes from the same place. It has the same purpose. The thing behind all we're going to discover, and I don't believe, uh, uh, Doug and I were talking about this this morning, I don't believe this is necessarily even an exhaustive list of the seven gifts or the 12 gifts, whatever they are, however many they are. I don't think it's an exhaustive list. I think he's given examples of what happens in this life. You know that we talked about in the beginning, the cliche thing, this is not about the destination but the journey. The only thing, I truly believe, the only thing that you're going to carry from this life, we know it's not going to be our bodies, is going to be the relationships that we've, we've created, the, the relationships that we have poured God's love out in and through. Those things, I believe, are going to be the jewels that we carry, is, is those things don't pass away. All right. So, unity, not uniformity. Verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given, through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. 
to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another, the interpretation of tongues. Once again, I don't think this is an exhaustive list. We're not looking, this, we're not looking at this prescriptive, this is descriptive. You're going to have manifestations of the spirit in your life. When water flows, water flows, right? When you, when you live this Christ life, not just, this is cool, I'm going to try to, this, you know, my take on this, this religion tries to pretend like it's something that it's not, right? This is not, I'm going to try to be, I'm going to try to be more like Jesus. That's not what we do. We have Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit, so we don't have to try to be more like him. We receive from him, and we distribute that to everybody that's around us. That's the flow. That's the life. That's fun, right? That's not making everyone uncomfortable at Walmart, asking them if they've ever stolen something. You know what I mean? God's gracious enough to even use that, but I'm just saying it is, it is much more natural for the Christian to flow out of what they know about the source that's within them. When we talk about gifts, there is going to be manifestations of the Spirit in your life. There should be. That's, that should be part of this process that we're going through. So he gives all these as examples. Verse 11, all these work for one, work of one and the same Spirit as he distributes them to each one, just as he determines this is God's purpose, not ours. This should be so clear to me. I mean, I don't know how I've, I've been in debates, and I've talked about this with lots of different people, and I just want them to read this and go, I don't see how we could get this wrong. This is very clear. Verse 12, just as a body through one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so the, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If you don't get that, which that should be clear enough. Let's go a little bit further. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. <laughs> and if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? This is so simple. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Stop trying to put your gift on somebody else. Stop it. That's a cult. I know I say cult a lot. But there's a lot of places I've been that you wouldn't think that are that way, that are that way. Because they try to form everyone else's opinion around their own. I, can, I will never do that. I want you guys to test the spirit. I want you guys to, 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 to wrestle with this stuff and figure it out too. What I say I hope resonates in your spirit and I hope is everything that I say is truth. But I'm a man just like anybody else. So if I drop the ball, I hope you check me because that's what the body does. <laughs> I may be an eye, but you may be a foot. We need to go somewhere and I can't see anything unless we go, right? Does this make sense? And this, this isn't just, I'm not going to, I've heard this broken down into church service. Like, well, we need somebody to clean the toilets, and we need somebody to take the trash out, and we need somebody to preach. It's not just that. Don't limit it to that, please. Another thing this, this is talking about is, and we're going to get into, we hadn't quite got there, about order, order in a church service, which is important. I think we should have order in the church service. And know that you don't leave your gifts here when you walk out the door. 
There's going to be some things we get into that are going to place some gifts above other gifts very clearly. I can't, I'm not going to tiptoe around it, and I'm not going to try to excuse it. It says it. These gifts desire these more than these gifts. It's going to say them. He's talking about in a church setting. That doesn't negate your gifting if your gifting isn't this specific thing. He's just he's trying to explain how things will work better for us because he knows what fits us. What does he say? I will not put anything ill-fitting on you. Take my yoke because it fits, right? Take my burden because it's easy. He's not going to give you a gifting that you're going to that that is going to cause certainly not going to cause division or or trouble in a church setting or anywhere else. That's once again check it against is it building people up is it building the body up. So having said that, we'll talk about two different things and I don't know that we'll get to it all today. We'll talk about what that looks like in our church setting, but we're all going to we're also going to talk about what it looks like outside the doors. All right. Verse 21. Um, the eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. Or did we already read that? No, no, no. It's just repeating what it said. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head, and the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. We need each other. I need you guys. I need you guys to be gifted in areas that I'm not gifted in. You guys need each other to be gifted in areas that you're not gifted in. That's what strengthens the body. What happens when you amputate a leg? You, you lose a little bit of the ability right? Or a hand or an eye. We don't need that. We need each other. Please honor and value giftings of other people and not try to just push them into something that you think that they should have. We are very limited in our perspective. We cannot try to narrow God's kingdom down to our limited perspective of what he's doing. He says very clearly, I give the gifts out. I decide who gets what, and I know what's best for you. I'm a dad. I'm going to give my kids gifts that I think are best for them. I want them to be happy, but I also want them to be responsible. Trinity just started working. She works like one day a week. She probably spends more gas going to Dolphin Island than she makes money. But she's going to learn responsibility of working, right? She's doing well in school. She, she's, you know, she's on her way to college, different things like that. But each of my kids, I'm going to try to teach them something that benefits them, right? Because I want something that fits them. God's no different. He knows you. He knows exactly what your gifting is. He knows what's going to fit you perfectly. And he's not going to place on something that's ill-fitting for you. Neither should we. Oh, heaven forbid that we do that. Oh, man. All right, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. Listen to this. Verse 24, while our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That is the body. You see what he's, seeing, what he's saying here? That spiritual maturity, the person that is mature and understand these things should bear the failings of the ones that are weak and should honor them especially and care for them especially. They should not, and this is what, what I've, we've talked about several times in the past, quite the opposite of what I experienced. The ones that were, that were, were mature in some of the gifts would puff up and, and say, look at me, look at what I can do. You need to be like me. That's not what the scripture is saying here. Scripture is saying, no, you find the ones that are weak and you pour yourself out for them, just like Christ does. 
We bear those, not, not we, all of us together, we bear the failings of the weak. That's what we're supposed to do. Not just by an instruction standpoint, but by a demonstration standpoint, because that's what Jesus did. He went to the ones, the forgotten ones, the, one, the ones that were outcast with leprosy, the poor, the sick, the widows, the orphans. He went to those and he said, I'm not afraid to touch you, to heal you, to reach you. I care for you. And the Pharisees would, would chastise him and, and, and tell him about the law. <laughs> tell, tell the one who created it <laughs> about what he created. And Jesus would say, you have no idea what you're talking about. Go learn what it means that I, deserve, I desire mercy over sacrifice. You, you go look to your law and you'll find me in it. It all speaks of me. Go search them. Go look through your Torah. Guess what you're going to find? This guy. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a demonstration of my father. I only do what he does and I only, I only say what he says. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God is placed in the church and this is where we start getting into the, the, the details. And I, we can't break this all down because we literally only have like three minutes. So I'm going to run through this and we'll come back to this. Uh, to each of you as part of it. Um, and God is placed in the church. First of, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, and he's given an example here too. Are all apostles, question mark, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. You want to know the excellent way? Let, let's talk about the most excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. That's the key. This umbrella that, that, that holds, not umbrella, this glue, I guess, that holds the body together is love. We talked about last week, I've had conversations with several different people in our church that have expressed how they operate in their giftings and how they have in the past and what that looks like. And I'm encouraged by that because when, when they talk to me about it, they say, well, there are times when I felt led to do this. There are times when I felt led to hold back for certain situations. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's the Holy Spirit. Let him lead. Go when he says go. Stop when he says stop. Don't, don't create this theology in your head that says, I'm going to do what I want because I'm gifted in this area and I need to operate in this gift constantly. Well, yeah, you do. But who's leading? And that's, that's what you really need to focus on. When, when, when we get, like I said, we're going to get deeper and deeper into this, and it may get more and more fun or more and more sketchy. We'll see how it goes. But as we dig deeper into the gifts, we have to always come back to the purpose behind what we're doing. Are we building each other up? Are we building up the body? And are we, are we allowing love to be the thing that leads us in the Holy Spirit? Or are we trying to fit our own agenda? Even with good intentions, we can... We can we can break the cycle that God has created for us to do in the body. <clears throat> you, all of you have heard this. This is probably another Hobby Lobby thing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Let's back up to four again. 
What's this look like in giftings? He just talked about gifts, right? We, we literally, he just talked about gifts in the church. And he says, I will tell you the secret to this. I'll tell you the most excellent way. In your gifting, be patient. In your gifting, be kind. In your gifting, don't envy. Do not boast. Do not be proud. Do not dishonor others. Do not be self-seeking. Do not be easily angered. Keep no record of wrongs. Do not delight in evil, but rejoice in the truth. Protect, trust, hope. The gifts that we have come from Christ. We get to co-labor. I always say, I just like being in, I just want to be in the room. Thankfully, I get to be more in the room. He, he co-labors with me. He says, do this, and I say, that's going to be weird. Or he says, do this, and I think, that's going to be awesome. But he says it, not me. We have to have the right perspective of, of who's, who's the driving force behind our giftings. Where I have seen people get off is where they focus more on the giftings than the purpose behind them. And I know I, I seem like I, I warn too much about this, but I think we may not warn enough about this because I want you guys to operate in your gifting more than anything in the world. I want you guys to live this life and flow from Christ and love people extravagantly and see great miracles and, and people come to the Lord and relationships restored. And I want all these things to happen. But I want you to know why you do it and I want you to know where that comes from. And I want you to know that it's not me or anybody else in here that, that, that has created this, this, this whole gifting idea. It was God himself. And it's to build up and support the church. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Cease? Not ceased. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. When I, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only reflection as in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I see in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Oh, man, this is the part I really want to get to. We're going to go a little bit over, but I'm not going to go too far, but i got to get to this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Um especially prophecy. Now, we're going to stop there. It says, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. This word desire here, I went back and looked in the Greek, and it is, it's different than what it says for us to seek the kingdom or seek love. This word desire is not a seeking word. It's a, really, it's pretty accurate. The NIV uses desire. It's something that we want. What happens when you get a gift? You don't have to go seek it and, and find it. Someone else purchases it and gives it to you freely, right? And you open it and it's yours, you receive it, right? This is not something that, you, that is going to be complicated. It's not going to be something that you're going to have to really stress out about. Gifts, that's not what gifts are. But by very definition, a gift is just given to you. You just get it. And you think, what, what happens when you get, this, this happens a lot, especially around Christmas time. You give somebody something, they give you something better, and you go, oh, man, I should have got them something better, right? <laughs> that's how this is. <laughs> Like, oh, man, all I gave God was my crappy life. <laughs> and he gives me these gifts, right? And I say this this way. You are not limited to one gift. 
okay? The reason I say this is not just because Scripture says it, but I've also experienced this. We talked a little bit about it last week. I don't, I will operate in probably one gift more than others, but it's for the purpose of what? Building up the church. What happens when someone has a need that is outside of my gifting? God gives me another gift. Why? Because that person needs it. Yes. Yeah. Hang on, we have a microphone. I was at the doctor's office this week, just minding my own business, watching HGTV, and I love that show. And, and this lady next to me started talking to me. She was a little bit older, had a teenage daughter. And I just felt like the Lord kept saying over and over, ask her what you can pray for her about. So I argued with the Lord. She's going to think I'm crazy. But finally, the voice wouldn't stop, so I turned to her, and I said, I just need to ask you if there's something I can pray for you about. And she was just silenced, just stunned. Yeah. And I thought, oh, no, what have I done? And so after a little bit, she goes, well, she goes, yeah, I, I can't really, like she couldn't explain it. She looked at her daughter. I said, oh, no, you don't have to say it. I said, God knows. God loves you. Has I forgotten about you? And she said, oh, man, I've been having a hard few days. And she said, this is just a sign. And she said, I hear about this happening for other people, but it's never happened to me. And so it just, it wasn't me. It was just the Holy Spirit. It just made my day that, you know, sometimes we argue with them and we don't do it, but. It just, I was glad I listened, and I had the bigger blessing, I think, than she did even. Yeah. So. This is a perfect example. Two things happened there. The lady you prayed for was blessed. I don't know if she received her physical healing, but she, she knew that she was loved in that moment. Even if it was by you, it was God's Holy Spirit through you to her. Second thing that happened is you, you said, just rolled right off your tongue, I, that blessed my whole day. That's what happens when we operate from, from God's gift to other people. It, it makes your day. Anytime, and I can tell you hands down, 100% of the time, that the, the Holy Spirit has led me to do something, and it's not always awkward, it, sometimes it is, but it has always made my day. I'm, I, all I want to do is call everybody and tell them about it. I don't usually because it's kind of weird, and, and don't, but I'm just like so excited. I'm just like, this is so cool. I got to pray for this person. The last one I distinctly remember, well, there's two, but one, the very last one, was I rarely carry cash anyway, but I had cash, and this person came up in a parking lot. I had gone to, I don't know, Costco or something like that, and they asked for money. And I always have a hard time with that. I'm like, oh, should I give them money? Are they buying drugs? Are they, you know what I mean? Whatever, I don't know. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was like, wait, I actually have cash. So it's kind of odd that I have cash. I normally just say, I don't have any money. That's a pretty good way to get out of it. Can I pray for you? But I was like, you know what? I actually have money, so I'll give them a little bit of money, and I'll pray for them. So, and that'll be on God, whatever he wants to do with it. He can deal with that. So I gave them money. I talked to them, and they... I said, hey, I said, I, I'd like to pray for you too, if that's okay. And they're like, yeah. And then they just broke down and started crying and said, I'm dealing, I've got this certain kind of cancer in my stomach. And they said, there's really nothing they can do. And, you know, obviously I don't have any money. And, you know, they kind of gave a spiel about what they needed the money for. And, and, uh, and they said, I'm, I'm genuine in, in what I need it for, but I do want to try to get back to the hospital so I can see if there's any other treatments or anything I can have. And I was like, okay. I said, well, I still want to pray for you for healing, you know, in the situation and just know that you're loved. And I prayed for them. And, and we talked for a while and we prayed. And they left, and I remember getting back in my truck and just being so happy. Like, it took me a few minutes to even realize I was driving down the road, and I was like, that was so awesome, you know? And it was like 20 bucks. Like, we spent 20 bucks on nothing, you know what I mean? What difference, you know, hopefully they didn't go and do anything dumb with it, but that's not my responsibility. I blessed them with the money. I prayed for them. I hope, I hope that, and why not I hope, I know that the words God, get, words God gave me from, for them do not return void. 
So I planted seeds, and what happens, what happens? I have, n- I'll ne- I have never seen that person. This was almost a year ago. I have never seen that person again, but I know that seeds were planted, and that person knew they were loved in that moment. And if it cost me 20 bucks, it cost me 20 bucks. It was worth it. So don't, don't try to put God in a box. He doesn't fit well. He won't go there. And you will be frustrated, and he will probably be frustrated. Know that he is alive and well. He's not far away. He's with you. When, when, when you operate in your gifting, which is not limited to just one, he will give you that gifting for a purpose, and that purpose is always going to be to bless somebody else and build somebody else up. The cool thing is it benefits us too. We're going to get into this when we talk about speaking in tongues and different things like that, how it does benefit us, it's good for us, it's edifying. Those are good things. But before we can even get to that, we have to realize that it's not all about me and it's not all about you, it's about others. So if you are edified, whether it's here in church or, or in your car, like I said, be careful because sometimes don't close your eyes when you're driving and don't have a lead foot. But God will give you these giftings and they will be beautiful. They will not be ill-fitting, but know the purpose behind them. Know why you're getting these gifts because as we move forward and digging deeper into what they look like, so because he says, don't be, I don't want you to be uneducated. I don't want you to be ill-informed about this. We need to know and we need to talk about it, so we are. As we go through and we talk about the specifics of what they are because we need to define them, remember what the purpose is behind them and who actually gives them. Yes, Melissa. Yeah. Go take a nap after this weekend. Um, (laughs) But but, um, all of the gifts, when we're talking about love, the end of it all is love. If a prophetic word is given to you, it's... It, it's it's like usually what happens if this is how it's supposed to happen anyway. It's supposed to you're supposed to think, oh wow, God knows me. He knows right where I am. He loves me. Um, if there's a word of knowledge, if there's whatever, um, it's like it's like a healing. It's like you just the the end of it is all is God's like I love you, I love you. I know where you are. I got you, and it it really is. We when we're ministering to people the end of it is the glorification of God and his love. We had a woman come in after worship practice months ago, uh, a dear lady needing gas money. And of course, we don't carry money. I just happened to have money that day. And uh, we were able to give her some money. um, And we prayed, Lauren and I prayed with her, but then Lauren walked her out. And Lauren, uh, Lauren just felt like that there was some sickness in her family that maybe she could pray for. And the lady said, girl, you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> she said, my son is actually in, in chemo right now. He's got cancer. He was, at, he's a, he was a senior at a local school. And she said, could you pray for me? So not only did she walk away with money, don't know what she did with it. It was out of our hands. Um, but she felt the love of God. And she even said it before she left. She's like, I just feel Jesus here. I feel love here. And that's the end. Right. Two things that, that reminds me of two different scriptures. One is um, when the disciples said, uh, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. We have to recognize that we have something. You can't give away $10,000 unless you have $10,000. So you have to recognize that you do have a Holy Spirit. You do have a gifting, probably multiple giftings. And you do have something to give, not just money, but also you have something to give. The second thing I thought about when you said, he knows me. The woman at the well, come meet a man that told me everything. He knows, he knows me. He says, I, <laughs> You've been married this many times, and the man you're with is not your husband. And it wasn't to condemn her. 
it was helping her recognize that she was looking for life in a man, and what she needed was life in the son of man that was right in front of her. Uh, and there's significance even in the numbers there that she, she was incomplete, and she, he was saying, I, will, I complete you. He, he, was, he was saying, I know everything there is to know. I know the best and worst of you, but what you need is me. You, you draw from this well because you think you, think you can get bucketfuls of water, but I'm going to give you, whew, I'm going to give you a living well. I'm going to give you water that never stops. These men are temporary. I am forever. All of, all, even giftings are temporary. He is forever. Love is forever. Not just this generic, oh, puppy dogs and flower love. <laughs> yeah, unicorns and puppy dogs and rainbows. Not, not that kind of love. Not just hippie love. I'm talking about unconditional love that, that chooses to see no record of wrongs, that chooses to love despite, to chooses to see the best in someone despite um, seeing the worst in someone. The, the type of love that says, while we were still sinners, I'm going to die. For, while this person is still, still a sinner, I'm going to die for them because I love them so much. We love because why? He first loved us. He demonstrates how he loves, and he says, go do that. And I'm going to, oh, this is so cool. Not only go do that, but I'm going to go with you, <laughs> right? He doesn't just say, go, do these things. Wait, no, we go. We're going to go. I'm going to go with you. This is going to be, the message version says, uh, it's the, the rhythms of grace. I'm going to give you, we're going to dance, basically. We're going to work together. These, we're not going to be opposed to each other. We're reconciled. Unforced rhythms, that's why I couldn't think of the word. These unforced rhythms of grace. So what he's saying is, I'm not going to put something on you that doesn't fit. You, my yoke fits you perfectly because I created you. This gifting that you're going to have comes from me anyway. And guess what? I created you out of dirt. So, yes. I created... Yes. It's like I talked about last week with, with fuel or nitrous in cars. Like, man, cars wake up with turbochargers. We were made to love. When you get a turbo boost <laughs> or nitrous boost of, of love... You're just like, whoa. Yeah. It's like an anime. So I think that's, that's how y'all need to love. So, yes. Yes. When the Lord gives you a gift to share with somebody, remember, because Jesus lives in you, you are enough. Right. He knows you, and he likes you. Yes. Right. Well, yeah, and don't be intimidated. Exactly. Don't be intimidated because you don't, you think you have to have the perfect words. No one has the perfect words. I, I wish I had the perfect words for Robin and what she's dealing with. I don't have the perfect words. The only thing I can do is say that we are walking alongside you and we love you through everything that you're dealing with. The same thing I feel like Jesus would do. And he does, right? Everything that we experience in this life is, oh man, is this picture of what heaven is like. We are, we are to create this atmosphere of heaven on earth. It's what we're designed to do. And it does. It feels good. It's like nitrous. All right, one last thing. Then we've got to wrap up because people are hungry. And by people, I mean me. No. <laughs> I also never carry cash. <laughs> one day I was carrying cash. It's dangerous, you know, because then God put somebody next to you that needs it. I, was, uh, I live near the interstate, so there's a lot of homeless people all the time, all the time. So you can't give money to everybody, especially if you're not carrying it. But this one particular time, I was leaving Arby's, and um, I look over, homeless fella there, and God says, give him the $10. I was like, mm-mm. 
He says, give him the $10. I said, uh-uh. So anyway, of course, I gave it. I rolled the window down the rest of the way because I have no air conditioning. I do now. But and I, I get the money out, and I hold it out the window. I said, hey, you want this? <laughs> so he stands up. And he comes and he grabs the money, and I have every intention. This goes along with what Carol said. You know, you're enough. Uh, <clears throat> and I hand him the money. He grabs the money, immediately walks into Arby's. And I'm like, but I was going to pray for him. I was so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't pr pray for him. And God says, do you, do you think I just wanted to maybe give him food? Maybe he just actually wanted some food. Yeah. You know, like, Maybe you don't have the right words. Maybe that's not what God's doing in that moment. It's what you were saying, like, listen to the Lord. Am I going to am I gonna spit in the dirt and make mud and stick it on your eyes? Or am I going to just say, pray for your eyes and they'll be opened? Or, you know, maybe you just hand somebody money. Yeah. Each situation is different. And I think that the beautiful thing about the gifts is he gives you the gifts for those moments in life. So you don't have to stress about and I think that's what we overthink sometimes is we really want to break this down into like a spreadsheet, right? And it's just like, okay, <laughs> make a document out of it. And they're like, okay, we need to make sure that we follow all these to a T. I feel like a little kid. I just want to play. <laughs> no, but I mean, it doesn't mean that we're just ignorant and we run around like idiots because obviously we don't need to do that. But at the same time, we need to understand that the reason why we learn these things is so that we can live them out, not just so that we know them. And in the same way, each, each specific situation, man, the whole money thing is just really hovering over me now. So I just keep thinking about it. So I think that's really, I think that's what that's saying, since it seems to be a common theme, is exactly what I said a minute ago, is that you have to know that if you have the Holy Spirit, you have enough. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have enough. He will never leave you or forsake you. He's not going to withdraw himself from you. He's not waiting for you to do something so that you can get more of him but you get to experience more of him all the time because he's a flowing river of life. You get to. And so when you, when you reach these opportunities, don't try to like quantify which gift you need to use here like it's Go-Go Gadget. I don't know if y'all know who Go-Go Gadget is. Like, oh, I need this gift. Here, here, here. It's like, okay, this person needs money. Maybe I'll just give him money. This person needs prayer. Maybe I'll give him prayer. This person needs a hug. Maybe I'll give him a hug. You know, whatever it is, in that moment, I believe that the Lord is faithful enough to do one of many multiple things, whether he gives you a scripture to give them, whether he gives you uh, uh, a word for them, whether he gives you money to give them, food, whatever it is that's specific to them. I've had so many conversations of hypotheticals with people that try to debate me about what this Christian life looks like because genuinely I think they're wanting to understand so that they can be better at what they do. So I don't think it's a bad thing. But... When, you, when, when people present to me hypothetical scenarios, I have a hard time with them because I say, well, I can't answer that because I don't know that person. And they, a few people specifically that I talk to always say that's a cop-out. But it's not. It's, I, don't, I, think, I think it's the exact opposite. I think it's the most important thing. Because somebody will say, well, if this person comes in your church and you know this about them, you know, well, this happened, what should you do and how should you address it? I don't know. I don't know that person. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they've been through. I need to build a relationship with this person, get to know them so that I can minister in a way that will help them, not just in a way that I can feel better about myself the way that we run church, right? Because ultimately, I'm here and all of us are here to do what? We just talked about it. Build each other up, build up the church to, to help people. So 
think somehow we got it twisted where we just started making all these different little rules and regulations so that we would be so scared to mess up that we're miserable. There's got to be a balance, a little bit of a balance here. Don't be ignorant. We need to learn. We need to understand what these giftings are. We need to recognize them when we begin to operate in them, but we also don't need to limit ourselves to specific ones, especially try to put ours on other people that don't fit. All right, stand up with me. We'll pray, and then you can eat. Oh, man. I do want to say thank you, um, specifically to the Turners. We had, uh, we had a, a bunch of people come through our church this past week, like 200 people. Yeah, it's awesome. And they really helped coordinate all that with, with uh, Lori and the venue and really even built more of a relationship with her. And, and we already have a relationship with her, but people got to come and, and feel the love in a wedding venue-type situation here where they were doing a resale thing. And, man, that is as much outreach as anything else. And so thank you. It's, and don't make light of the work that is involved. These guys work their butts off, like cleaning, getting these chairs set back up, and I know they had help, but I, I, they really did an awesome job. So we love you guys, and we thank you. All right. Father, thank you for this new life that you've given us. Lord, help us to recognize those situations and those, those times when we may need to, to tip a little bigger for that person or pray for that person or whatever that looks like, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit lead us in doing that in the, the, the most awesome way possible. Lord, thank you that you don't put anything ill-fitting on us, that you... You do walk with us and you talk to us and we have this relationship that we can share with others. And it's not just about trying to get somewhere, but it's enjoying this life, this journey that we have with one another, with the body of believers. We're not all eyes. We're not all feet. We're not all hands. We need each other. Lord, help us to recognize the diversity that we have and honor that in one another. Build that up and encourage that in one another. The diversity is what what should be making us strong, should make us the strongest body ever, not trying to cut off limbs because we disagree. Lord, thank you for unity that's not some, some just ridiculous uh, uh, leading to ch- just all think the same. Help us to think differently and challenge each other and, and let iron sharpen iron in our church. Lord, help us to, to move closer and closer to this understanding of who you are as a person, who you are as the Holy Spirit to us, what, those, what our giftings look like, and how we can manifest those giftings to bless those that are around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.